hello and welcome to Radical Candor, a podcast from Panoply and Gretchen Rubin's Onward Project about how not to hate the boss you have or be the boss you hate. I'm Kim Scott, co-founder of Candor Inc., former executive at Google and Apple, and CEO coach at a bunch of great companies, also the author of Radical Candor. And I'm Russ Laraway, also co-founder of Candor Inc. and career-long operational manager across the Marines, Google, and Twitter. A few episodes ago, we were talking about one type of incredibly frustrating boss, the micromanager. Today, we're going to talk about the other end of the spectrum, the absentee manager. Oh, man. These are... (laughs) These are the bosses, you know, we know who they are. They never have time to meet with you. Uh, they don't know what you're working on. They don't care. They don't, sometimes they don't even care. <laughs> they don't seem to be aware of the overall goals of the team or, or some of the problems or issues that are emerging on the team. They're just really out of touch. And so today, we're going to talk about how not to hate the boss you have when the boss that you have is an absentee manager. And so along the way... We'll share some stories about working for absentee managers ourselves and wanting to pull our hair out because of it. We'll also answer a listener question about whether absentee managers are really so bad. And as always, we'll share our tips for working with absentee managers in this week's Candor Checklist. Here we go. So for my money, I would actually bet that absentee management is a much more prevalent problem than micromanagement. I I would agree with that. Yeah. Certainly, it comes up a lot more when people are writing in uh, into the podcast, the people who ask questions in our workshops, and also some of the Candor Coach app users that we talk to. And trust us, we feel your pain if you have an absentee manager. We've also had to deal with plenty of absentee managers ourselves, and they come in a lot of different forms. Yeah, Kim, they do. And I was just recently talking with a woman that I mentor Mm -hmm. who I've been working with for, gosh, seems like a decade now. And she was describing a situation at her new company, and she's got what definitely sounds like a pretty significant absentee manager. And so my friend, and we're just going to go ahead and call her Amy. Mm Mm-hmm. She had been trying to uh, meet with her boss and have a one-on-one, and the one-on-one had kept falling off the calendar, falling right. off the calendar, falling off the calendar. Now, she's pretty forgiving. She's pretty autonomous. She's, she can continue to yeah. operate pretty well, and she just assumed, best of intentions, she assumed that the meeting was falling off the calendar because guy got busy, had some other things right. to do, you know, and she was being very understanding. So it finally reached a point where she worked with this guy's assistant was like, look, I, I really need to keep this meeting this week because there's a couple decisions I need to get from him. And so can right. you please help me? And the assistant says, OK. And so my friend Amy walks into the office. She sits down, sits across from her manager. And the first thing that the guy says to her is, how did you get on my calendar? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> to his direct report. Yeah, he says, this, how did you get on my calendar? Yeah, and just to be completely clear, she is his direct report. And wow. as she finally Unbelievable. worked her, by the way, how many cycles she spun just to get on the guy's calendar, how many cycles she spun just to finally get this meeting. And the first question the guy asks is, how did you get on my calendar? Wow. How about wow. that? How about like, that for what, what happened to my guard dogs outside? Are they asleep or something? Is that what he was Yeah, asking? some version of that. I mean, he probably had some choice words for assistant, his assistant for letting her get in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about you, Kim? So one of the things that I hear as I'm coaching, sometimes leaders, sometimes new managers, 
it goes something like this. All I do is hire the right people and get out of their way because I don't want to be a micromanager. And I think that this is kind of a common management philosophy, and it, it comes from a good place. Yeah, it Sometimes, comes from a place like, maybe of wanting not, to grant autonomy. not like this guy, but really not wanting to be a micromanager. When somebody says that to me, I sort of say, so do you think a good recipe for a happy marriage is to marry the right person and then refuse steadfastly ever to spend another minute with them? Like, <laughs> that's not going to work out so well. I Like, think about what your spouse would say if you were like, Hey, honey, I'm not going to come home for dinner tonight or any night. You you're, got this. You're doing a really good job raising those kids, and <laughs> I don't want to micromanage. Like, that's not the way it works. People come to work for you because they think that you can help them, because they want somebody who's on their side. And somebody who's ignoring them just makes them feel invisible, and there's nothing good about feeling invisible. Yeah, I think this idea of the absentee manager will resonate for a lot of people. You know, sometimes, by the way, things start out and it feels pretty good, like, hey, my boss is never in my way. And then suddenly time goes on and you realize your boss is completely uninvolved. Any sort of specific stories, Kim, from your background? Or Yeah, absolutely. I was always terrified of the micromanager. And so I often sought to distance myself from my boss. And I once found this boss who... I could tell was just going to let me do whatever I wanted. And I thought this was... you were was, like, sweet. Yeah, I thought I had won the lottery. And my boss really didn't know or didn't care what I was doing. Whatever I wanted to do was fine with him. And at first, it was really pleasant. All he would do was say, oh, you're doing a great job. And it was clear he didn't know or care what I was doing. But he was just trying to be positive. And I didn't really want to tell him what I was doing. So I thought it was all good. And then one day I woke up and realized that I was going nowhere in this job. I knew something was wrong. I knew I wasn't learning anything. I knew there was no sort of chance for advancement. And I was pretty ambitious at that point in my career. And I realized that all this vague sort of good job, I don't really know or care what you're doing, it was like I had become a dead man walking. And that was a terrible feeling. I realized after that I really wanted a boss who was going to tell me what was wrong and, and what was good. That makes a lot of sense. And I think this arc, it starts out and it seems really great. Yeah. And then over time you start to realize that your boss's lack of involvement is affecting you in a number of negative ways, I think is a, a fairly common pattern that people experience. And unfortunately, you realize what's going on a year or two. You lose a lot of time to these absentee bosses. In fact, I had a colleague who, whose boss wouldn't even tell her her performance rating. He's like, well, just look at your paycheck. You should be able to figure it out from your bonus. Impute it. Yeah, Impute. yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, but... true story. All right. Well, these are just a few of the many stories we could tell about absentee managers. I mean, it really does happen all the time. Have you had an absentee manager? I'm sure a few of our listeners have. We'd love to hear your stories. So email us at podcast at radicalcandor.com or leave us a voicemail at 2626candor. Your story could be featured on a future episode of Radical Candor. And of course, we'll anonymize it if you prefer. Coming up, we're going to answer a listener question about whether to make do with an absentee manager or make a change. But first, a word from our sponsor. Mm -hmm. 
So, Kim, as I said before the break, I think it's fairly common that people take a while to notice that they have an absentee manager. Yeah. Absentee managers aren't necessarily as frustrating on a day-to-day basis as micromanagers. And for the same reason, people often wonder if absentee managers are really that bad. So here's a listener question about this. Hi, Kim and Russ. I moved to a new team a little over a year ago, and I'm not sure what to make of my manager. I love your advice. My previous manager was a terrible micromanager. He was always telling me exactly what to do and how to do it, changing his mind about priorities every other day and driving the team crazy with his involvement in every tiny detail of our work. Sounds miserable. Yeah, awful. So now, more about my new boss. He is definitely not a micromanager. He's not very involved with my day-to-day work, and in fact... I get the sense that he might not even really know what I'm working on a lot of the time. It's been like this since shortly after I joined the team. And while I definitely appreciate not having a micromanager anymore, I feel like I'm a little on my own. Is it bad that my boss is so removed from my work? Or should I be grateful that I'm able to drive my own projects? Yeah, it's really one of the things that's interesting to me about this letter is they this this listener does paint I guess the ends of the continuum, yeah. right? There's the micromanager and a pretty aggressive one, it sounded like, and then moving over to the absentee manager and realizing there are some gaps too. And I think one of the more important things that we can say here is that there is a middle ground, right? And that's what we would call the thought partner, right? A manager who's a thought partner. Thought partner is the right word. So let's give you a hint as to what you're missing by not having a thought partner, by not trying to actually have a relationship with your manager if your manager's an absentee manager. One of the things you're missing is someone who's going to help you clarify your thinking, who's going to help you take a new idea and make it a reality. Somebody who's going to give you feedback about what's working and what's not working. Someone who's going to take an interest in how you want to grow and help put you on the right kinds of projects. Some things you can also get from your boss if you can engage your boss as a thought partner. And by the way, I think if your boss is showing up and trending toward absentee manager on their own, you might have to push a little bit to drive this thought partner type relationship. But your boss might have a bunch of context that you don't have, right? Your boss runs in different circles. They're on a different staff. They have a different boss. They might engage with different people. And also related, but not exactly the same, is your boss has most likely a different network. And there are usually lots of different people that can participate in helping you grow or helping you find success in a company. And a couple of tangible leads for you uh, here to talk to your boss about or to engage your boss as a thought partner might be trying to figure out unique context that your boss has that you may lack and trying to access a different network that your boss might have access to in order to help you find success and growth in your current role. So really, an absentee manager may not feel as aggravating as a micromanager in the moment, but the long-term effect of absentee management is just as bad. You don't grow. You're a dead man walking. Now it's time for this week's candor checklist. So we've talked about how frustrating it can be to have an absentee manager and why this type of boss is worse than you might think. So let's get into some specific tips. I'd alluded earlier that there are some things you can do to engage your boss as a thought partner. So let's get into some specific tips for improving your working relationship with an absentee manager. Tip number one, ask for one-on-one meetings. 
We've mentioned one-on-one meetings a few times before, and we gave similar advice to our listener in Episode 7, how to get feedback from your boss. It's important to spend time with your boss and to talk about the pressing topics on your mind. But you want to use these one-on-ones as a time to engage your boss in problem solving. But don't only solve your problems. Be aware of what your boss's problems are. You should save your boss time. These meetings should feel productive to your boss as well as to you. Set the conversation up to enable your boss to be your thought partner, but also to be your boss's thought partner. Is there a problem your boss is struggling with that you can help solve? Make sure your boss gets something out of these one-on-one meetings also. Remember, your job is to save your boss's time. The crucial word is partner. Yeah. Right? And partnership's never a one-way street. Awesome. Tip number two, schedule time to discuss goals for yourself or your team. So by goals here, we're talking more about things like OKRs or objectives and key results or KPIs, key performance indicators, usually measured on, say, a quarterly basis, something like that. I think that a great way to bring your boss in to the conversation and engage your boss, a thought partner, is to talk about the goals that you have in mind for your team. I think that a great way to start that conversation is actually to try to figure out what your boss is trying to achieve, assuming you don't know that already. So find out from your boss, what are your goals? You know, what are your boss's boss's goals? And when you start to understand what the organization that's, you know, quote unquote, above you is trying to get done, that should shed an awful lot of light on the kinds of goals that your team should be pursuing. I think that's exactly right, Russ. Remember, you are the author of your goals, not your boss. Your boss gets to edit your goals, but you should take the initiative to say, here's what I think my goals ought to be. And then what do you think, boss? Did I get this right or wrong? Yeah, because in the end, your goals should really be a function of your boss's goals. Your boss's goals should be a function of their boss's goals and sort of on up the line, right? And so again, this is a nod to something I mentioned a little bit earlier. Your boss will have some unique context that can really help you shape your goals to make sure that they're relevant. And what a great way to engage your boss, right? Really, really important. Tip number three, give feedback to your boss. It can be really hard to find the courage to give some feedback to your boss. But if you feel like your boss is an absentee manager, try just saying, you know, I would like a little bit more of your time. Maybe your boss doesn't realize that you're open to their involvement. Maybe your boss is one of these people who's so afraid of being a micromanager that they're sort of running away from you. So let them know that you're open to their advice, that you're eager for their advice. Let them know that you want their help on something. Asking your boss for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. So to summarize the candor checklist for this week, tip number one, ask for one-on-one meetings. Tip number two, schedule time to talk about goals for yourself and your team with your boss. And tip number three, give feedback to your boss. Don't forget, you can revisit these tips in the show notes at RadicalCandor.com slash podcast. We'll also give you a great chart of the difference between absentee manager, thought partner, and micromanager. You can also sign up there to receive our podcast emails and get notified when our new episodes come out. And if you have feedback on the show notes, ideas on how we can make them more helpful for you, we'd love to hear it. That's it for Radical Candor this week. Our producers are Kristen Meinzer and Jennifer Lai. 
Thanks also to Andy Bowers at Panoply and to the great Elise Lockhart at Candor Inc. Our theme song is written and performed by Cliff Goldmacher. Please, please, please let us know what you think of the show and share your challenges and stories with us. You'll find us on Twitter at Candor. Our email address is podcast at RadicalCandor.com. And our website is, of course, RadicalCandor.com. Get the Candor Coach iOS app free in the App Store. It's a great companion to this podcast to really help you make changes. You can also get the Radical Candor book to reinforce a lot of these ideas. Pick it up wherever you like to buy books. If you like the show, please help us spread the word. And make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, your favorite podcast app so that you can automatically get each new episode. Please also leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. It helps us know what's working or not working on the show, and it really helps other people discover our show. Radical Candor is part of the Onward Project, which also includes Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and starting May 18th, Happier in Hollywood with Liz Craft and Sarah Fain. We can't wait. I'm Kim Scott. And I'm Russ Laraway. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>